There's a vision which Prophet Ezekiel speaks of today. And that vision is that there'll be one day my servant David shall be the prince of all the scattered people of God. He has a vision, no longer shall they defile themselves with the idols, their abominations, and all their transgressions, because I will deliver them from all their sins, sins of apostasy, to the God that I will cleanse them so that they may be my people and that I may be their God. And this vision, this prophetic utterance of Ezekiel, what we see here is that there is that gift that God promises. Yes, I will make them with them a covenant of peace. I shall be an everlasting. I shall multiply them and put my sanctuary among them forever. And my dwelling shall be with them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Thus the nation shall know that it's I, the Lord, who made Israel holy when my sanctuary shall be set up among them forever. We have this prophetic utterance, we have this vision of Ezekiel, but how it is to come about. And how is it to come about? We know that we're about to start the great week or the holy week, the greatest week of Christian history, not only Christian, but also of humanity's history, the greatest week, because it is the, the manifestation of God's love manifested through his son as he is about to open for us the mystery of his plan of salvation. He offered his son. He offered his son that we may have life. He offered his son and his son because of the love that he has for the father and for us. He said, yes, father sent me, sent me to embrace the brokenness, sinfulness, and ultimately death on our behalf. So that prophetic utterance and vision of Ezekiel is to be made manifest in this week in which we are about to enter tonight. Because today we conclude the Lenten season. Tomorrow we begin with Passion Sunday, and we continue throughout this whole week of the unfolding of the mysteries of our salvation. And it is very interesting to see how human decisions play into God's plan of salvation, where human beings exercise freedom or their concerns or worries, whatever it may be. And yet God also has a special plan for us. And that special plan is always the same is that he wants us to be with him. He wants us to have us receive salvation. That is that love, that's the plan of God. We have so many plans, we come up with all kinds of things from political perspective, from social perspective, from things which are selfish sometimes, sometimes based on fear, sometimes based on worries. And yet God takes all those things into consideration because he has one plan. And that plan is that we will be with him because he created us to be with him. He created us for, for, for the joys of, the king, of his kingdom. And so as we look today on this day before the Holy Week, as we start this Holy Week tonight, what do we see? 
all the pieces of God's plan and human planning and human things kind of fall into one. Okay, many of the Jews who came to Mary and seeing what Jesus had done began to believe in him. So what do we have? We have Jesus who just raised Lazarus from the dead. He just raised Lazarus from the dead. And, 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 and it's only two miles away from, from Jerusalem, two miles. Many people already have gathered in Jerusalem. Many have gathered, many are coming from different parts of Palestine and, and from the cities, Greek cities and Roman cities. They're all coming for Passover because they wanted to come early, they want to purify themselves. And what happens is right at the beginning of this whole, you know, a time of before, before Passover, an extraordinary sign takes place. Jesus raises a man who was four days in a tomb. He raises this Lazarus. And so many people right now are talking about it. They're talking, they're talking. And, and, and so they, many begin to believe in him. They, he believed that he is the Messiah. He is the king that is supposed to come. And he's supposed to restore everything. Freedom, he gives to freedom to the nation. He's supposed to restore their sovereignty. And so some who have heard and who have seen, but some of them go to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And now the problem is this. We have, uh, and, they, and this is what, what, the, what the Pharisees realize. A time of Passover is a time when we have multitudes of people who come and they begin to talk and they begin to share this great event. And perhaps as many have become believers, they think that he may be the Messiah. So now what it is is this. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and said, what are we to do? What are we going to do? We going to do? This man is performing many signs, and not just many signs, but extraordinary sign. Just before, you know, some soon before this, this gathering, if we leave him alone, uh, we'll believe in him. Because there's a, already a fever within the nation, you know, Simon the Zealot, the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. So we already have many people are anticipating this is a time when they feel that something's going to happen. And so here it is, the Sanhedrin meets the, Rome, the uh, Jerusalem authorities, you know, the, the, both the secular uh, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, church authorities meet because they want to take, take this and readdress this issue. What will happen if he is to be uh, proclaimed by people that he is the king, the king of, of Israel, then the Romans will step in. The Romans will step in. And so this is why, why if we leave him alone, all will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our land and our nation. So now this secular and church authority of Jerusalem temple, they say, okay, we have to deal with this. We have to deal with this. What will happen? And so one of them, Caiaphas, who was a high priest that year said, you know nothing. You don't realize, nor do you consider that it is better for you, for the nation, for our land, is better for the people, 
that one man should die instead of the people so that the whole nation may not perish. So we have Caiaphas, who now the leader of Sanhedrin, the leader of the governing body, both secular and religious, he makes the statement. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, this from, from the perspective of people, not Herod or the king, but, but from the, not the Roman assigned leadership, but it's the, it, is, it, is the, it is the people of God, the Jewish people's leadership, and they make a decision. And we know that, uh, that when Jesus returned to Jerusalem just before the, just before the, uh, before the Passover, uh, as we will read tomorrow or tonight already as we begin the liturgies to, for you, if you go to Mass tonight, tomorrow you'll hear, you'll hear the triumphant entry of Jesus to Jerusalem. And what is the triumphant entry? Is those who believe him, they proclaim him the king. As you know, he's riding on a donkey. Yes, he's riding on a donkey. And yet they say, they say Hosanna to the king, of, to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in his name, which means they already, uh, they, you know, that, 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 that reality that many are becoming to realize that he is the one, he is the messianic figure. And so we have, and so Caiaphas speaks on behalf of the governing authority of the people of Israel, uh, both uh, secular and, and, and religious. And what happens is this, what happens is this, he, speaks in two ways. One, he speaks as a person who does not want to change this situation in which the people found themselves. Yeah, it's better to have the, the Roman authority the way it is. It probably would be better not to have it. But, but if, if we allow this Jesus to be the king, then the Romans will come and they will destroy the temple. They will destroy Jerusalem. They will destroy the people. And so, so they fear. So even though they see these extraordinary signs and we see this person, they see this person who does so much extraordinary things on behalf of God, which means they don't judge him fairly, but they look at, at the situation, both the political situation and social reasons. And so they want to eliminate him. They want to eliminate Jesus. But there's a second aspect here. And because Caiaphas is the high priest, he utters prophetic words of God, which means it is, it is God, the Father, who sent his Son. He sent his Son so that he may offer his life on our behalf. And so Caiaphas speaks also on behalf of God. It is better that one man would, uh, would, would face the consequences of sin face the consequences of sin, which is death, that he will embrace death so that not only the people of God, but all the children of God will be, will be freed because it is better that one, one, one person would die rather than the whole nation and all the people would perish because we know that sins destroy us, sins lead us to death, not that physical here, we experience many troubles and difficulties as consequences of sin, but ultimately sin separates us from God. We die spiritually, so we, are, we will always be spiritually dead in relationship to God's kingdom. We will not be able to enter. Christ wants to give us his kingdom, 
This is the Father's will for us, so it is better that Jesus would die so that we don't perish, that Jesus would die, that he would take upon himself all the brokenness and sinfulness, the death itself, so that we may be, then we may be freed. And, and here it is, St. John speaks of, in his prophetic word, which he addresses, is not only that he did not say this on his own, but since he was high priest for that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not only for the nation, but also to gather into one the dispersed, dispersed children of God. So that from that, from, from that day on, they planned to kill him because it is, it is something here. And, you know, and I have to say that you know, sometimes we live and you know, things happen to us, and we want to interpret it according to how we should act or what we should do. And, and you know, there are many things that happen and sometimes we can't figure out why do we have to go through so much suffering? Sometimes why do we have to go through this type of crucible? You know, even, even what we experience in our country, you know, the, the events, the, the problems, the difficulties, you know, uh, you know, sometimes ushered by human decisions, sometimes ushered by, by human weakness sometimes ushered by even by human willfulness to, I'm gonna have it this way or that way. But you know what, ultimately, we have to say that this reality is not just human reality here, but as we know, there's also God's reality. There's, there are God's plans, God's plan of salvation, and we see how God can use even broken human beings like Caiaphas, who says, yes, we have to eliminate him to pr protect and preserve our country the way it is. We have to eliminate him. And yet we see God's plan being ushered in at the same time. God's plan because he planned our salvation. And so in the same way for us, you know, it's not just, you know, the things that we do sometimes, you know, how through our human weakness or other people who are doing things out of selfishness or sometimes weaknesses, whatever it may be, ultimately when we place this whole reality before the Lord, when we ask him, Lord, you have to help us, you have to bring forth your salvific will, God takes the human realities, the brokenness and everything else, sinfulness, and he transforms us into our plan of salvation, into bringing greater good for us. And this is we can never forget. And especially as we look at this upcoming week, we see so much human tragedy, brokenness, human evil, and yet we see how God is not, you know, deterred by our human weaknesses or, or even evil. He, when we place it before him, he takes it and transforms it into our blessing, into our good. And that's why at, at Easter Vigil, we say, oh, a blessed, a blessed fault, a blessed sin, which brought such a great redeemer. You know, um, we realize that, that God is giving to us something extraordinary, not because of the evil we have done, because we still have to face the consequences when we choose to do evil and we have to suffer. But ultimately, when we place and we say, I'm sorry, forgive us, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, or just say we ask for forgiveness for each other, you know, especially like the chaplet, which says, you don't for us in atonement for us and for our sins. That's what Jesus offers his life. And for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. When we place this, God does have mercy. God receives us. God welcomes our prayer. God welcomes our intercession for one another so that he may apply the gift, gifts of grace. And so what happens is this, as we gather for tonight, before tonight, as we start the Holy Week, let us ask the Lord that he may help us to first of all grasp
the great extraordinary gift that God has given to humanity through his son and the great and extraordinary gift that he gives us that gift of love through the dying of his son who embraced freely so that we may have life so that especially this week that we may also realize that all of us are called to that holiness that it's not people can be divided into those who are who are just enemies of God which they are in fact but Jesus brought reconciliation between all human beings. God wants to restore all the peoples of this earth. You know, he, he came to, to gather, as, as, as in the gospel we hear, not only to gather the nation of Israel and place them under the leadership of the son of David, you know, the messianic figure, but God has given the son of David to all of us, to all humanity, and he brings us all into one to gather all the nations, all the peoples. Sometimes they're at war with one another. Sometimes they experience the consequences of historical violence which they, the people have done to each other, and yet Christ will bring us together. He will take us back home into himself, and when we accept him, then he will unite us, and he will gather all all the dispersed children of God into one because from that from this moment on which is from this moment on when the history of human salvation yes 2000 years ago historically but now it is the spiritual dimension the consequences of that historical act is effective at this very moment because for God there's no time and the reality of the efficaciousness of Christ's sufferings, of death and resurrection is given to us, not only through the word, but also through the Eucharist that we celebrate. The effects, the beautiful gifts that God gives us, brings us right into, brings those gifts into each one of our hearts and is able to make us one, to transform us. Under King David, we shall be establishing this new covenant as Ezekiel foretold, this new covenant, the covenant whereby God is with us. God will be with us. He will never leave us. He'll never leave us untended. So you always be there. So made it through this Eucharist as the Lord brings us into union with him as he offers the sacrifice, his dying, his dying and rising for us, that we may participate and partake of the greatness of God's gift and that is this divinizing power. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to be like his son. So may this Holy Week, as we start tonight and tomorrow with Passion Sunday, help us to walk the journey each day with Jesus. Walk the journey so that we may be there with him, that we may suffer with him, that as he establishes the Eucharist, as he, all those extra, extraordinary things that we have today, that we may relive again with gratitude, with love, and allow ourselves to be transformed into being like his son, to be the son and daughter of God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast 
to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.